The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Cancelled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I am a film critic for Crave Online, Blumhouse.com, and other places as well. Everyone calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold, and people call me your royal sex machine. You are my uh, royal sex machine. Oh, indeed. Uh, I am also a film critic of some stripe. I've been on the radio. <laughs> the fancy radio the fancy radio the and fm radio dial yeah. and the am radio dial i've been on both m's and so have i <laughs> so so we're the real deal folks absolutely and you may also know us from the b movies podcast from, from whence we, we hail. hail this week on canceled too soon we're doing a, it's a special episode in a couple of different ways uh, we're doing a show that isn't from America. We haven't done a lot of those so far, so it's nice to stretch out. It did we're... eventually air in America, but that was mm. after it had sort of made the rounds. Yeah. Uh, so one byproduct of that, though, is that it's not going to hit all of our expertise, and so we might not mm. have as much rich information about its cultural context, mm. despite whatever research we may have done. Uh, so we encourage you to you know, look it up on your own. If you know anything about the show, feel free to email us as well uh this is also a, a series this week on cancel too soon that was selected by a listener yes back in april uh, we a, had a our contest winner in fact yeah and back in april we had the canceled too soon awards in which we looked over all the various one season wonders and doomed pilots that we'd reviewed over the first year of the program and we had you write in and submit your own votes for the best episode of the podcast so far and we picked one of the people who voted out of a hat and mm. they 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 got to pick an episode and the winner was Chris Wong yeah thanks, uh, who was, thanks for selecting Chris thanks Chris, for thanks for writing in we appreciate your ears Chris is and, awesome uh, Chris is Chris uh, also donated some of the other shows that we have mm. on our pile we've already reviewed Alcatraz which <laughs> turns out to have a connection with the series we're going to review on this week's show but before we get to that mm. did you know we're on Patreon are we yeah tell me a little bit we are on William Patreon. We are on Patreon. Patreon is a is, wonderful website in which you get to contribute to all the various shows and artists uh, that can't maybe afford to keep going unless people actually pay them to do stuff. And now we're on that, too. So you're saying it's a subscription service where people can give us five, ten or twenty dollar tiers and receive different rewards. Yes. Yes, I am, Whitney. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. And people... Well, listeners, here's how it works. Yeah. You go to patreon.com slash canceled too soon. It's canceled with one L. Mm. That's, it, both ways are right, but we chose one. <laughs> uh, and for $5 a, a month, uh, you get to have a bonus episode of Canceled Too Soon, in which we review... TV movies or TV miniseries. It's called the Cancel Too Soon Monthly Movie. That's only for Patreon subscribers. Mm. Uh, and you get the help by uh, voting for the monthly 
cancel too soon poll in which you get to help choose a series or pilot or in some cases a cancel too soon monthly movie mm-hmm. for us to review the following month. One of those polls is up right now and it is hotly contested. <laughs> if you haven't voted yet, vote because it is really close. Mm-hmm. There's there were four options, but right now it's really, really close between cliffhangers, which was a 1970s, very ambitious hour long TV series that was comprised of like three shorter series that would always end on a big cliffhanger. Uh huh. It's actually kind of a neat idea. There's a Dracula series, there was a sci-fi cowboy series, and there was one I really want to watch called Stop Susan Williams. In which she, <laughs> Susan Williams is like a plucky reporter who gets into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Sounds super exciting. Uh, the other one that's like right up there is Wiz Kids, which is basically like that 1990s movie Hackers with Angelina Jolie and you Johnny Lee Miller. You don't Lee have Miller. to say that 1990s movie. It was the 1990s movie. Apologies. But take that movie. There was no, no film that was more seen in the 1990s than Hackers. Take that movie. Uh huh. Put it out in like the early '80s and make it about ten-year-olds, mm. and you got whiz kids. And it's between. <laughs> it's seriously. It's like they're tied mm. as of now. Mm. So send in your vote because it really, really matters. But for later tiers, you also get free merch. We're working on more merchandising options right now, and once we have a few more designs, we'll solicit your free merch requests and we'll send those to you. We've got mugs, we've got t-shirts, we've got iPhone cases, but a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we're gonna we're working on our Cancel Too Soon book, uh, which again, we've never done it before, so it's slower going than we'd like, but we're working on that right now. We're gonna be able to send out chapters of that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. We have, for our top tiers, Google Hangouts with me and Whitney. Whitney is gonna send you uh, prize packs very, very soon in the very near future, full of cool stuff to read, listen to maybe even watch and we're going to talk about that in a google hangout in the future so there's a lot of cool stuff i'm not going to bog down the whole podcast any longer describing all the cool stuff we're going to give you mm-hmm. in exchange for 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 financial support that's right so uh, instead, we're going to give you the part of the show that we do for free, just out of the goodness of our hearts. Yes. Whether you're a subscriber or not, you get to hear this. And this uh, week, we were reviewing the One Season Wonder, a co-production of Canada and South Africa. Mm-hmm. It's a sci-fi series called Charlie Jade. One half hour from now, one man will discover a gateway. I found one! I can't believe it! Between worlds. You don't mind my saying, you look a little lost. A universe where he doesn't belong. This guy has no identity record. His samples do not exist anywhere. A secret. That will destroy mankind. A reluctant hero. I'm gonna figure out how the hell I ended up here in the first place. In search of the past. Jason, it's me, it's Charlie. Tell me you know who I am. Must learn the truth. I was sent here. By who? And change the course of history. She doesn't exist. Charlie Jade. Uh, I wish they could come up with a better title. It's just the name. Because first of all, Charlie Jade sounds like the pseudonym of a female porn star. It doesn't sound like the hero of a science fiction series. What's going Uh, on in the series is that the series is kind of trying to do the sort of cyberpunk, uh, noirish, sci-fi 
series. And as a result, you know, when you have detectives in those series, they often have very punchy names. Yeah. Like Chuck Nick F- yeah. Nick Fisticuffs <laughs> or or Dynamite Chuck Val Johnson. <laughs> Chuck Boothill, whatever they got. You know, yeah. it's and uh, yeah, Charlie Bibbs. Charlie Jade uh, doesn't have quite the same punch, but I see what they're getting at. Mm. Um, What's it, the premise of the show? It Whitney? feels really dated, uh, and really uh, the, I remember a joke from an episode of Mystery Science Theater uh, that they were, they were watching a Canadian film, uh, Zombie Nightmare, mm. and there was a scene of a nightclub, and they said this is either. Wisconsin in 1987 or Canada now. Yeah. And uh, th- that was their gag. And I feel like Canada, the joke there is that Canada is a little slow to pick up on American trends and, and rehash well, them. And, but the, the, does it have so, to be? It can be its own entity. It's just funny because it's, it's our neighbor. So it's really close. The, and, premise uh, of, yeah. the premise of Charlie Jade is uh, it's, it's a dimension hopping series. So we have uh, three dimensions. Uh, there is an evil company called Vexcor, the Vexcor Corp. Yeah, it's <laughs> not, the Vexcor Corporation, not Vexcorp, which would make sense, or, but the Vexcor in fact, Corporation. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Lex Luthor's evil company in the Superman comics is Lexcorp. Yes, it is. So try not to mix those up. We're going to say Lexcorp a couple times. Oh, a whole bunch. Um, or at least Vexcorp. They are an evil company that is operating primarily out of the Alphaverse. And the Alphaverse looks straight out of Blade Runner. Yeah, it's, the Alphaverse is, is like the uh, dystopian everything's kind of green in that mm-hmm. universe. Well, in order uh, to in order to differentiate between the universes because they run parallel to each other and sometimes mm-hmm. they even have the same characters. They use really cheap filters. <laughs> well, it's but it's what Traffic did. Steven yeah. Soderbergh, if you look at Traffic, the various different subplots mm-hmm. in Traffic, what when he's filming a scene that takes place in Mexico and he's filming a scene that takes place in the White House, mm-hmm. He uses very different filters. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's not a subtle straight. technique, but it is very clear what you're watching. Yeah. So, yeah, and the Alphaverse is, and this is where Charlie Jade, our main character, is from. He's from the Alphaverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, through various plot machination, machinations, an explosion at mm-hmm. Vexcor, which rips Charlie Jade out of the Alphaverse and places him in the Betaverse, which looks a lot more like our own world. I'm pretty sure it is our own world. I think that's okay. the idea anyway. Okay. There's because uh, this is the world in which like they have the movies that we have. Mm-hmm. They talk about Casablanca, like it takes place in Cape Town. Yeah, whereas uh, so, like uh Charlie was from Cape City. Yes. He was from Cape City, yeah. uh not Cape Town. Yes. Uh, and so simultaneously like, the, in the betaverse oh, is is our world. Is our but, world. But there's also the gammaverse. Yeah, and simultaneously, uh there's some shenanigans shenanigans in the gammaverse, which is more Edenic, it's a lot more clean, there's a lot more natural resources. It and, sounds very utopian in every aspect. And the other the other lead character of the show, uh, a woman named Rena, who has been uh planning explosions and terrorist things, uh is also caught up in the explosion and is also cast into the betaverse. And it will take um the bulk of the series before these two will actually meet mm-hmm. but that's kind of what we're waiting for yeah uh, uh, Vexcor has also hired the third protagonist of the show well he, they haven't <laughs> hired him he's, well, he's the son of the, the founder the, of the company he's the son of the CEO but they've, yeah. they've asked him for his help and, and his name is O1 Boxer that is number zero number one last name Boxer it sounds like Owen but it's O1 yep how o- futuristic one. yeah 
Very futuristic. Uh, the worst thing about this show is O1 Boxer's hair. <laughs> In any given scene, he's got a completely <laughs> like, different, they to give him the terrible hairstyle. Like wild, anyone from RuPaul's Drag Race would slap him. Yeah, for the, any hairstyle he has in this th- show. There's one where he has like, and this is near the end of the series, where he has just sort of a perfectly neatly combed black quaff. But for some reason, he has these thin, like white tendril strands that reach straight down over his face. Or another one where he has, again, he looks perfectly well coiffed, but he has two little like tubes of paper, and they look like they just sort of like grabbed someone's notepad mm. and rolled them up, so that in silhouette, he looks like he's got like my favorite Martian deedly bobs on his head. <laughs> he's always. Owen Boxer is a character who is the main villain of the show. Yeah. Um, in some cases, he can act as sort of a de facto protagonist for his own reasons, but he's basically the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I couldn't tell if Owen Boxer was the best part of the show or the worst part of the show, or if ultimately it didn't matter. <laughs> because the thing about Charlie Jade... Oh. And we'll talk you through the plot, and we'll give you the the, the gist of, of mm. the how the time uh, how the dimension hopping works. And but tonally, mm. it's very drab. You know, the look of it is very mm. lived in, which works. But it's it's not very dynamic, except in the editing, which is going nuts all the time. Yeah, this is this is very late '90s MTV editing, mm-hmm. and it's uh, shot very early looks, 2000s photography. And it looks like it's shot on PAL, so it's always mm-hmm. got that like kind of too clean look, for, which for American audiences in particular, yeah, can be real yeah. distracting and not very immersive. Uh, if you're if you're from a country in which TV looks like that, it's fine, but no. in America, it I, doesn't. It was really jarring the first time I saw Lars von Trier's The Kingdom because it was shot with like certain like cameras you just don't yeah. see in America. And so it, it was, looks, yeah, it, and looks it looks really different. It looks to the Western eye quite frequently like it's cheaper than it is, mm. um, but that's not their fault. That's our fault for our for the way we're looking at it. Mm. But my point is is that Charlie Jade is a show that has action and mystery and high concept sci fi and larger than life characters. But it, they're fighting to keep this very grim tone. Mm. It feels like the theatrical cut of Blade Runner a lot of the time. Uh, Blade, Blade Runner's all over this. Uh, yeah. and But the theatrical cut has that like sort of monotone voiceover, which isn't always necessary. Yeah. And I, yeah. that's the thing with Charlie Jade is Owen Boxer is at least big, broad, and brassy. But he, he's even he's just desperately fighting against... Mm. A somewhat dreary mystery tone. Dreary is the perfect word. And uh, I don't think the show was meant to be binged. Uh, definitely not, because you watched like I watched I think three episodes in a row, and it just it just started to blend together in my mm-hmm. eyeballs. Uh, the entire sort of subgenre of science fiction that is constantly trying to rip off or pay homage to Blade Runner is one of the dreariest of all genres. It's they they are taking a lot of the visual cues and they're taking the kind of downbeat tone, but they're not punching it up with it. Well, just like Blade Runner, they're not really punching it up with much. Mm. They're just sort of staying in this kind of dull uh, action free universe. And so even when action begins to happen, you're not feeling energized because there's no energy for everything. Everybody's so miserable and humorless. Nobody has a lot of real human qualities. Mm. There's not any levity. 
And yeah, that's that's the biggest problem with yeah. this. And it's one of the reasons why I think Owen Boxer comes across as so obnoxious is because he's the only one who's allowed to have levity and he goes insane with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I almost don't even blame the actor. He's doing the best he can with some very, very weird material. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the cast. All right. All right. So uh, the cast of Charlie Jade, uh, the star, the title character is Jeffrey Pierce, who previously appeared in a show we reviewed a couple months ago, Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Alcatraz. 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 Uh, TV audiences might also recognize him from Bosch. Uh, also, he was on the Cancel Too Soon shows Cult, The Tomorrow People, and uh, The Nine and Big Apple. So we'll be seeing more of him eventually. <laughs> uh, O1 Boxer is played by Michael Filipowicz, uh-huh. uh, who was probably most recognizable from his run on season eight of 24. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Earth, The Final Conflict. Uh, and uh, the other main protagonist, Rena, is played by Matricia McKenzie, who was in David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis. Nice. And she was also in uh, the backdoor pilot turned TV miniseries The Phantom, but the version from 2009. <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk more about uh, the rest of the cast. This show was created by Chris Rowland, who also created another, like, a, a much more soap operatic television series and that it is actually a soap opera mm. set in Cape Town called The Shores. He also produced the Uva Bowl Vietnam War movie 1968 Tunnel Rats. Uh, it was also produced by Robert Wertheimer, mm. who also produced the TV series The Bridge, which we might get to at some point in the future. More interestingly for me, though, he was a very prolific production manager uh-huh. who worked on a lot of really cool stuff like The Gate and Friday the 13th, the series, mm-hmm. and the criminally underrated Killer Party. <laughs> if you are looking for a slasher you haven't seen before that is very weird and a lot of fun, mm-hmm. Killer Party is one to look for. I had a blast with that. It's, it's one of the like three April Fool's Day slasher movies that came out in 1986. And I think it's the best. Uh, I've I've frequently seen it on the shelves in video stores, and I never had a chance to rent Killer Party. So okay. uh, that that is my own uh, my own self harm. Right. Charlie Jade ran from April sixteenth through August twentieth in two thousand and five on the Space Channel, not mm. the Spice Channel. I wish <laughs> the Space Channel, which is basically the Sci Fi Channel in Canada. Mm. Uh, it also aired on the Sci Fi Network in America in two thousand eight, but it only lasted two episodes in primetime before they bumped it up and it started airing like I don't know around midnight or yeah. something. I couldn't find the exact. Um, timeline on that and this did last 20 full episodes uh but it was canceled and evidently there was going to be a second season they had scripted in fact an entire season to follow up the first and it just wasn't renewed so there's one thing you cannot fault the show for is its ambition yeah they didn't lead like they left us on a cliffhanger but it wasn't one of those kinds of cliffhangers that didn't have a solution they had a solution so we're gonna we were supposed to figure out what was gonna go on we can postulate now all right in the in the first episode of charlie jade we meet Mm. charlie he is uh going about his grim and gritty hardened boiled uh business of finding missing persons Mm. in the alphaverse which again is is the sci-fi film noir universe, and he uh, is not the right actor for this part. You think uh, he's just sort of well, he's just sort of a dull actor. I think we need somebody who actually has some edge. Mm. You can't just cast a handsome guy, have him grow stubble, and expect us to think he has a edge. I think, I think he's too handsome. I think we need yeah, someone with a bit yeah. more personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you the need, actor is obviously ca- quite capable, yeah. but I think this—you have to bring so much to. 
a very straightforward protagonist. Mm. I saw some shit in the war, and now I'm a mm. bitter and have yeah. issues. Yeah, I, and I'm like, okay, also there are the, actors who can do a lot with yeah. that, and there's an actor who can't. And the, Charlie uh, Jade is fine, but he never really brings a lot the, to the it. The trope of the wounded ex-soldier, now cop, or now heavy drinking guy is just it's such a cliche. And, uh, well, and it, 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 it would have been sense. It would have been it's... nice if he wasn't a soldier. He was just sort of a misanthrope, and he was played more by like a Steve Buscemi type. Well, somebody who's a little bit more weaselly and perhaps not so trustworthy. Well, but here's the difference, though. And I think if you want that Steve Buscemi type, you're not going to get the action quotient that I think the the storytellers yeah. really want. Right. Charlie Jade is a character who has to be smart and clever and able to investigate things, and mm-hmm. but he also has to be able to torture people and shoot out a whole bunch of guys Mm. in a room and you need someone who can have both qualities i think they veered more on the action hero side when they cast Mm. jeffrey pierce right uh who is also like played like you know a lot of characters in video games and stuff he has a great like hero voice (laughs) uh but yeah, I don't. I, I agree. Mm. I think maybe a little bit more mm. streetwise element would have been mm. effective. In any case, he is going about his business. Uh, he's got a he's got a girlfriend uh, who is played by uh, oh, an man. actress, <laughs> uh, Marie Julie Rivest, who played Leonidas's mom in Three Hundred. Uh, <laughs> and he, a, a woman, pops up on his doorstep. Mm. She is lost, and she keeps referring to things that don't exist. Like instead mm. of calling the city Cape City, she refers to it as Cape Town. Mm. And she's talking about clubs that he's never heard of, and making cultural references that are completely beyond him. And she's the only person he's ever met who doesn't have like a, a microchip embedded in her arm, so she can be tracked at all times. And everyone in the audience is going, "Well, okay, well, obviously she's from our reality. Mm. I mean, how could he miss that?" <laughs> and he, of course, says, "That's a that's a stupid thing to think. I'm not even going to entertain that notion." She He's just weird. Okay. And so she runs off, and then she gets herself brutally murdered. Uh, like, you, like you do. Like you do. And he decides to investigate the situation like you do. He ends up tracking the the number one top suspect, O1 Boxer, mm. who is, again, the son of the CEO of the most powerful corporation in the world. And this is a world very much run by corporations. And O1 Boxer leads him to this research facility out in the middle of nowhere, which we see in a prologue seems to be creating sort of a wormhole between different realities. And the, w- the way it's envisioned is like, a, there's a lot of floating water and water mm. and fluids are going to be really important on this show. It's, it's an important plot mm. point actually is it's, it's sort of the idea of there's another reality. Well, we can actually exchange resources with that reality. Mm. And what we learn is that the alpha verse is actually very low in natural resources, in particular water. And their scheme is to take water from the beta verse or even the gamma verse mm. Uh, and sort of replenish their reality, but that way. It, it, well, well, we'll get into it later. Yeah. What, what, what the effects water has on people. M- meanwhile, in the Gammaverse, a, a plucky group of, I guess, heroic terrorists, since yeah. they are indeed trying to save their world, uh, they are going to blow up the facility uh, in order to... Uh, so, there's some manifesto, people who used to work at LexCorp, mm. uh, the word got out and they're trying to blow it up. Basically, Owen Boxer, Charlie Jade and Rena are all in the same place at the same time when that facility blows up in like three different timelines mm-hmm. or three different realities. And now they're all in the beta verse. And, uh, 
Charlie, Jade, and uh, and Rena do not know how to get back. Well, first of all, they have to figure out where they are. Yeah, they don't know um, the rules. They don't know how everything yeah, that's, works. That's, and that's the pilot. They end yeah. up in the betaverse, and they kind of have to feel their way around. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the big twist here is for reasons that are never 100% adequately explained throughout the series. It's clear there's a plan, mm. but they never go into a lot of detail about exactly how or why. O1 Boxer can actually move between realities at will. Uh, he, he can, but he requires... For, for a second, I thought it was just contaminated water. That there's a specific like, there's a, like kind a, of water he needs to douse kind of, himself yeah. with. and then Because it's kind of like Ranma. You throw warm water at him, it becomes a girl. And uh-huh. throw cold water at him, it becomes a, a, a boy. Panda, yeah. Yeah, but he, every time he pours water on himself, mm. he goes to another reality, which has mm. got to make showering a real pain in the ass. Which indeed it proves to be. <laughs> yeah, you actually see that. It's yeah. actually really funny. Um so he is actually enlisted by Lex, uh, by Lexcorp. Right. <laughs> Vexcor. By Vexcor as a go-between yeah. between the realities. Mm. Uh, and in what, the one thing that I do think is kind of interesting about his character, because he is so comfortable in the different realities, is when he's in different realities, he takes on a different persona. In I, the Alphaverse, I, I he's the petulant, sort of needy child who never who never got daddy's attention. Uh, in the Betaverse, it's he's, like he's, he's a on... sex maniac, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's like this reality isn't real to him, so mm. he treats everyone like playthings, kills whoever he wants. Mm. He's a monster. And then later on, L- later on, much later on, like episode ten ish, mm. he ends up in the Gammaverse, where we learn he has a wife. He has a wife and ki- and a kid, oh. and he's and really he, nice. And he's actually a really decent dude. And the way I saw it is, it, it's sort of like child, adolescent, adult. Um, and I don't, and I'm not sure if he is electing to behave these different ways when he recognizes he's in a different reality or if being in those realities forces him to behave those ways or if maybe it like sort of it affects his psyche a bit yeah. like he's got like actual multiple personality issues or, or another possibility is that he's kind of quantum leaping and he's occupying different versions of himself that's the other thing yeah. is that we see uh in when charlie jade charlie jade spends like the first seven episodes mm. of charlie jade wandering around our universe, looking into Vexcore fine, mm. but just not quite getting it. Uh-huh. And it takes, it, it's a really frustrating because the concept is pretty simple on the surface. He's a guy who comes <laughs> is to... Is it? No, I think so. There's there's three different realities. Uh-huh. One's, one's dystopic, one's utopic, and one's ours. Okay. I, I don't think... A guy from, a guy from the... Hold on. When you're dealing with alternate realities, I don't think simple is a word you can as use. As simple as it yeah. gets with this concept. Mm. There's three different realities. One's us. Mm. Neutral, middle ground. One is dystopic evil Blade Runner verse, mm. and one is like Maui. Like yeah. it's just it's, it's really pretty, <laughs> very lush, lush and yeah. verdant. Yeah. So utopia, dystopia, us. Okay, fine. A guy from the really hard boiled, grim and grizzled reality comes to our reality mm. with all of his unique skill sets and personality disorders and everything, mm. and helps you know solve mysteries basically. Mm. Uh, and uh, someone from the Utopia comes to our world as well. But whereas Charlie Jade in the Betaverse ends up realizing this world is a lot better, mm. even though it still has many issues. And uh, it, it's it, everyone's more hopeful. The system works better than it did, even though it doesn't always work. 
But the girl from dystopia, Rena, mm. comes to our reality. She is labeled a terrorist. She is kidnapped. Mm. She is abused. She's, the Betaverse is hellwashed. Yeah, yeah. And we, we never see her go to the Alphaverse, but I can't even imagine. Like her brain would explode <laughs> with just how horrible the Alphaverse yeah. is. I, I wish they had dealt more with the culture clash stuff. They deal with it in the pilot, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of Charlie figuring out sort of the rules of the Betaverse. And they only ever call it the Betaverse. They never outright say, this is our Earth. It just kind of resembles I our Earth. I think it's implied. There's nothing, it's, other than the existence of Vexcore and this sort uh, of sci-fi technology, there's mm. nothing in it that isn't real. But we spend so much time with the sci-fi technology. And yeah. the photography is so ethereal and unearthly that for it took me a couple episodes to even realize that that was supposed to be the real world Ah. i thought it was just another sci-fi universe it says a lot about how much you know about south africa no i've also never been to south africa Uh, but there's there are times when they play with it really really well there's a there's a bit in the middle where charlie jade and o1 boxer actually spend a lot of time together and it's very contentious in fact charlie jade spends an entire episode torturing o1 boxer Mm. um but after all of that, they come to sort of a, sort of an understanding, and Charlie Jade references a movie he had just seen, an old movie he had just seen from the Betaverse mm. that took place in North Africa. And Owen Boxer, who spent a lot more time here than Charlie Jade has, says like, "Oh God, you're not going to say this is the beginning of beautiful friendship, are you?" Mm. He's like, "No, no, 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 no. I was just thinking, you know, there's that guy Humphrey Bogart, and mm. like his girlfriend like leaves him for another man, and then he like sends her away because he can't stand the sight of her because she betrayed him." And Owen Boxer's just like, I don't think that's what that's about. <laughs> and, but what's kind of cool is that that is that shows you mm. how the world in which Charlie Jade came from affects his interpretation of our reality a lot more than, oh man, I don't get this vending machine. Yeah. Or your computers aren't as good as ours. That's a gag. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, Charlie Jade will actually focus on the interpretation of our reality and from someone who is from a place that has it worse. And there was a moment as well when I just, I, I couldn't help but look at Charlie Jade as, and I wish they'd focused on this more. I, I think if they'd grounded it in this way, I think Charlie Jade would have been a lot more accessible. I feel like there's a really good metaphor here for the immigrant experience. Mm. People coming to a place that is better than where they came from, maybe a place that is worse, uh, yeah. and pining for home but then Mm. you might end up back there and you're completely changed by your new cultural experience uh there's a lot going on there and i I feel like the show is so focused on its plot it never really delves into uh, what it's really about i I, I think what it's actually and act more a little bit more actively delving into is class struggle Mm. um you know i mean the obvious metaphor here is the various classes one is wealthy one is poor one is struggling and when you start throwing in characters named Galt, you start thinking of money. Uh, and you begin to see that somebody who is from perhaps a like a, bi- a big city, but they're not wealthy, goes to sort of a smaller town that is you know not as wealthy, but the dollar stretches a little bit further, mm-hmm. to people who for whom money doesn't really seem to play a factor. Yeah. And uh, the kind of Randian implications therein. Well, and you can also, you can look at Owen Boxer's hedonistic, mm. violent uh, mm. use of the Betaverse as a, an extremely entitled Westerner on vacation in some country mm. that he sees as beneath him yeah. and, or, and, and partaking in the local color. 
in a very or, obnoxious, yeah, horrifying saw, way. Some as just a, a rich kid slumming it in bad neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah basically, like, like tra- trying to pretend that he's like hip and edgy because he's going to like these anyone, poor, dangerous places, even though he's in no danger because he's rich. And you want to punch him in the face? Yeah. Charlie Jade and is. You want to shave his head because his hair is terrible. <laughs> Charlie Jade uh, is a show that's very much about this sort of huge conspiratorial mystery. And I hate to break it to you, but we pretty much just laid it out for you. There's a lot of other elements, <laughs> but the but ultimately well, it's real simple. Vexcore has Vexcore has found a gateway between worlds. They plan to exploit it for financial mm-hmm. gain. Uh, but the problem is that there's actually uh, a lot of like scientists at Vexcore who who have done research and say like if we keep opening this gateway. Mm-hmm. Like the universes are going to slam together, and at least one of them is going to be completely destroyed. Yeah, uh, and LexCorp well, is just like, but we like money. The, yeah, the the ultimate plan of the evil corporation is to plunder the Gammaverse because of, of its natural resources. However, in order to reach the Gammaverse, they have to sort of yeah pull it them close to them and eliminate the Betaverse. Mm-hmm. They have to destroy our world. Stakes. Stakes for the audience. Yeah, screenwriters terminology. It's, again, it's heady, um, but it, mm. I, it, you can wrap your head around it pretty well. Yeah. Um, the, but like a lot of it is basically but doing yeah, espionage on a bunch of corporate tycoons and so and there's, like there's finding a lot out of, that people's yearbooks were bullshit. Yeah, there's a, all these weird subplots that have nothing to do with anything. So another one of the main characters, who a uh, character from the Betaverse, uh, who, who's the name of the reporter? Oh, it's uh, 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 Carl Lubinsky, Carl. played by the great Tyrone Benskin, mm. who has had an incredibly long and prolific career. Mm. Uh, he was in 300. He was in Tech War. <laughs> nice. He was in the awesome uh, uh, sort of urban Tarzan 1980s mm. superhero movie Wild Thing, which no one talks <laughs> about, but I love. Uh, he was also in a Cancel Too Soon series that I only just learned about, and holy shit, we have to track it down. Mm. Tales from the Neverending Story, a live action mm. never-ending story, one season television series from like the early 2000s. Based like, it's on the Wolfgang Peterson film. I, I don't uh, know if it's the Wolfgang Peterson film or the book, but either way, I want to see that shit. <laughs> so he plays so he, a guy who he's... at first I thought he was like a reporter. And then I mm. find out he's like maybe an investigator. And then I find he's, out maybe he's just a kook with a lot of conspiracy theories and free time. He's an investigative reporter. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure who he writes for, they but never yeah. talk about that. It's super weird. But he's I'd an be invest- fine if he worked for the Weekly World News or he, something. He's Hold an on. investigative reporter, and he's like the the one sort of contact, the one friend that Charlie Jade has in the Betaverse. Uh, meanwhile, Rena runs afoul. Like I said, she runs afoul of another terrorist group, which may or may not be. Based in Vexcore, they never quite explain this terribly but well. She is she she's apprehended been... by a, a, a group of terrorists mm. who brainwash her, yeah, into doing their dirty work. In, she escapes, into, like stalking and assassinating people. Yeah. She escapes and thinks that she's creating her own life for herself and like investigating mm. Vexcore and trying to find a way back home and like exposing the corporate corruption. Only to find out, and actually a halfway decent twist. Mm. That uh, she was doing all of that for that terrorist she, organization, and she never got her free will back. Yeah, she she's been Manchurian candidated, yeah. and and you have to sort of snap your fingers, and she turns into a killing machine, which is an odd arc, but it doesn't really. She's just left there. We, we yeah, don't. We don't get. We don't, a big we don't get. Yeah, that. big resolution. We don't well, get some sort of redemption. That's just that's where she. The is finale now. is pretty uh, epic, and it ties into that. But we'll we'll get to that uh, uh, my, eventually. My favorite scene in the whole series uh, happens uh, in episode fourteen, <laughs> when uh, Charlie Jade and Rena finally meet for the first time, 
And this the whole series has been building to this. And sadly, it's kind of anticlimactic after it. But they finally meet. She's already a killing machine. She's been brainwashed. Charlie Jade is finally savvy to everything that's going on. So he's trying to get his goals done. And they have a fight. She starts shooting at him. And she switches off during the fight at one point. And they kind mm. of... Their eyes, their, their eyes meet and they realize you're not from here. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not from here. You're not from here either. No, I'm not from here. And Rena has the best line in the whole series. She says, it's so dirty, isn't it? <laughs> and for that one moment, it's like, oh, we finally have this like little bit of human connection for these like two aliens who have met in this place. Again. And they're finally going to relate in this one moment. And they have that one moment of this com- where she... Finally, the guard falls in that one moment. I think it's great. We, we just reviewed in the last episode Galactica 1980, which mm. is one of the worst ways to do a fish out of water story ever. <laughs> but fish out of water, you know, it's it's a source for cheap humor too often. Mm. But it's a something that we can all sympathize with. We've, even if it's just your first day of school, yeah. you know what it's like to not know the rules and not understand the culture and feel very just alien and uncomfortable and mm. eager to, to fit in, but not sure if you're doing it the right way or with the right people and and charlie jade kind of deftly avoids a lot of that there's a sweet about eight episodes and seven or eight episodes into the show hmm. they switched like head writers yeah and the show which really felt like it was non-episodic it was but there the events of each individual episode hmm. weren't necessarily exciting enough after the pilot to keep driving it from one thing to another. By about episode eight, the action picks up. Uh, Charlie Jade is way more directly invested in investigating Vexcor and exposing this mm. uh, evil and corruption, and more interesting stuff happens on a regular basis. We also start getting some episodic material, which I honestly feel like is kind of the sweet spot. For Charlie no. Jane is when it is episodic. I know mm. we have arguments about this sometimes, and you want more shows to be more episodic. Yes. I often want to be less episodic. Charlie Jade is a show that I think needed to be more episodic because he's a private investigator. Mm. He needs cases once in a while. Right. So by, by episode seven or eight, he's picked up uh, a case finding a missing uh, political dissident, a very inspiring, uh, idealistic political leader mm. and oh right, right, right yeah. and after like a little while charlie's just again he's jay did <gasps> oh just figured that one out didn't you uh and he's like because he's from the they talk about a couple of times we see a couple of old cases he did in the Alphaverse, mm. and it's always just like i find them dead or alive and i don't care if they're dead my goal was mm. to find them right and after a while he's like you know i've been looking for this guy for a couple of days he has a lot of enemies he didn't just walk off the face of the earth nor could he if he wanted to he's too famous He's dead. Mm. It doesn't matter if I find him anymore. <laughs> He's dead and we can all move on. And he gets in a great idealistic argument uh, with his with his investigative journalist friend, mm. Carl, uh, Carl, who who argues that what happened matters. People need closure mm. and people need to be able to say, here's what happened and here's what we can do about it. And the solution and Charlie Jade is reinvigorated. He feels you know more inspired. He becomes more heroic throughout the series. Mm. And the ending of the episode is actually really fucked up because it turns out what happened to that uh, idealistic political leader was uh, they harvested his organs. 
That's right. They didn't just kill him and dump him in a ditch somewhere. They took out pieces of him there and was, gave him to other people. Well, Which, then, on that, one hand, it's like, okay, I guess that's recycling, but that it's the, like... It was the plot. They were tracking down, you know, like, poor people were being sold for the value of their organs. Yeah. And, and that just so happened to... It's just, it's just horrifying. It's, 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 a, it's a way to um, end it that I hadn't seen before. And that was yeah, good. It was a good episode. Uh, unfortunately, all of these things you're describing aren't terribly engaging or effective. And all of the big yeah. emotional moments are just standing into the dirt by the film, the show's style. Uh, it is far too stylized for any of this to really work or to really engage. So I think in a strange way, uh, taking my opposite of my usual attack, this only works when it's not being episodic. This only works... Oh my god, are we in an alternate reality right now? We're in an alternate, alternate universe where our views have, have just flipped. Is this the Omegaverse? <laughs> What's going on? 180 degrees. Holy uh, shit. Because that's clearly the sort of thing they're going for. They need the tone of the show is constructed to point towards something mythic and overarching, and to have these small lessons of the week aren't going to fit in that mold because we're not emotionally invested because well, we can't get emotionally invested because it's too focused on being stylized and not focused enough know, on character or writing or plot or story. On really. the B movies um, podcast this week, we reviewed mm, Transformers the last night, and one of the mm, things we talked about was how. Michael Bay, mm. for better or worse, some people say better, most mm. people say worse. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Uh, but mm. he, he directs every single scene, whether it's a little bit of dialogue or the end of the world with mm. the exact same level of bombast. Yeah. And it gets exhausting real, real fast. Um, and again, Charlie, Show, Charlie Jade is a show that probably would work better in like weekly segments, I think, mm. because it's sort of... You're, you're taking, you're dipping into this world and then you're out again. Mm. Binging it gets a, a bit monotone rather quickly. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, but I think the problem isn't, I think the biggest problem that they made is in trying to differentiate between the universes, mm. they made each of them equally visually intense. I think uh, if they had taken, yeah, there you go. if that's, the Alpha verse had been point. the Blade Runner verse, uh-huh. you know, and it's all like, green and matrixy and and fucked up and grimy and high contrast cool if the gamma verse had been ultra lush and like dial up the colors on the monitor mm. to this 100 percent uh okay but then the beta verse has got to look pretty standard yeah it's got to just look like and, and instead a, it's normal world and instead there's a lot of blue filters yeah. and and they, they try to make that look just a style which is like what i said i thought it was another alternate universe. I didn't think it was the real world for a little while there because it was so, everything was so stylized. When the show has a concept that is this broad and takes Mm. you to so many different fucking realities and Mm. the the storyline is so huge and all encompassing, you need every single thing you can to ground you. Mm. And the show tries, for example, Charlie, again, he has a girlfriend in the alpha verse and he finds another version of her in the beta verse. And he has no reason to, it's it's weird that she's one of the only characters that gets this. I know, and I want to you talk th- about that. You in a think minute. that the the main character would run into himself multiple times throughout right? the show? But yeah, I, I want to talk about that in a minute. But just to, to finish my thought, um, he 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 has no reason to think he's ever going to get home. He doesn't know how he got here. Mm. He, it takes him a while to, to realize he's not just insane, uh, and he starts kind of romancing his girlfriend in this universe, mm. and it's kind of sweet. They're playing chess with all the pieces on the board of the same color, which was kind of confusing to me. Uh, Maybe it's a different game. 
Maybe. Uh, with, with chess pieces? Weird. <laughs> uh, You've never been to South Africa. <laughs> but is it just me? Because I'm tr- struggling to remember. And I watched all 20 episodes of this in this last week. Uh-huh. Uh, do you remember them cutting off that relationship? Because I think he just no. kind of forgot that she existed. He forgot she existed. Uh, he, he doesn't talk a lot about her. And then later on, when he begins romancing a new woman, yeah. this federal agent that he hooks up with yeah. in the beta Which one of the coolest names ever. Her um. character's name is Blues Paddock. Yes. Yeah. Played by Rolanda Murray, who mm. is in a whole bunch of French stuff, and I couldn't tell you which stuff is like famous and which isn't. It's or French Canadian. French can- anyway. Probably French Canadian. Probably French but Canadian, yeah. but regardless, it's nothing I recognize. Mm. So she's probably done a lot of cool stuff, but I couldn't tell you what the stuff was that was cool. Mm. Uh, but I but liked yeah, her he, a lot, he, actually. He, he, starts a ha- he starts having a romance with her, and then finally, when he eventually gets back to the Alphaverse, as he will, uh, he uh, meets up with his old girlfriend again, and he's just been missing from the Alphaverse this whole time. And uh, it turns out she had moved on. Mm-hmm. She started having uh, an affair with a guy named Soso. Yeah, that's another great name. Soso Two Cars, played by David Dennis, who was in a lot of stuff, like a lot of little tiny roles and stuff like the Peter Jackson King Kong or 10,000 BC, or he was also in of Kings and Prophets. Mm-hmm. Which we had on the uh, canceled Dusty. Uh, d- a very distinctive face, that guy. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so yeah, and it turns out they had both sort of moved on without ever really struggling with it. They just sort of moved on. It took him some time, but yeah. like Charlie Jade was gone for I'm months, not, and they assumed yeah. he was dead. That's what you do in the Alphaverse. I, I, you don't yeah. come home tonight. You probably died in the street. Mm. We just move on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wish when he starts romancing this new woman, there would have been a little bit of conflict. Well, I still have this girlfriend. She might be waiting for me. I don't know. I don't know. We just sort of just yeah. don't talk about mm-hmm. it. It's 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 super weird. More about the, the, the alternate reality thing. There's a movie that completely ruined the the concept of alternate realities for me. Uh-huh. It has nothing to do with... It's actually not really even that much about alternate realities. It's um it's that Domhnall Gleeson movie. Uh, was it About Time? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it about time? Is that what it's called? The one with uh, Rachel McAdams? Mm. Uh, there's a c- Where he can travel back in time. Yeah, it, it's it's a really, really sweet movie. If you haven't seen this movie, mm. it's a good tearjerker. It's, it's really oh, it's, sweet. It, it's, it's saccharine as all get but out. But it works, <laughs> and it really does. Domhnall Gleeson from Star Wars and other mm. things, he uh, finds out from his father, Bill Nye, mm. that the men in his family, I don't know why the, only the men, but whatever, mm. uh, if they like go into like a secluded place, like in the closet, and like clench their fists and concentrate real hard, they can travel back in time. But but it's only like a, like an hour. It's it's only no no like no a no. no he can go back. They can go back as far as they want. Mm. Actually, is the thing. Like usually, you only do it for an hour to mm. fix like one little thing, right? Because otherwise, you're changing your entire fate and you got to live mm. through it again, and it's complicated. Uh, but what he discovers is that after he has a child. Mm. If he goes back in time and changes something before the child was born... He has a different child. He has a different child Mm. because, okay, fine. It's still my child with my wife, Mm. but we had sex on a different day. Different sperm reached the ovum. It's probably another lovely child... But, but you created a different it, person, a different and, person. And the world yeah, changes yeah, because exactly. it's a different So he person. can never go back in time before that moment without creating another person. And I realize that that kind of ruins every like alternate reality story I've ever seen where there's just another version of you. Uh-huh. Exactly. Because anything that like any change in the reality that predates your conception mm. would probably result, especially if it goes back far enough and has a butterfly effect, would probably result in no doppelgangers whatsoever. Mm. If we found an alternate reality, 
we would probably not be in it. <laughs> they really well, even if our parents ended up getting together, they wouldn't mm. be our parents. They'd have been, they'd look different and have mm. come from different places. It's really weird. Something that's always bugged me about uh, the, the the mirror universe in Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Drink. I brought it up again. Uh, <laughs> now say milieu. In the Star Trek milieu, there was uh, <laughs> in. in, in that we run into like the evil versions of the Enterprise crew, and now the Enterprise is this imperial warcraft, and everybody's yeah. evil, and everything is just flipped in, in the Mirror Mirror universe. And how could circumstances have led to everything being kind of the same, but you're like a warlike species that like just dominates planets? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. When no, you, it doesn't. Think it's about it it's more fun to think about just what if there's an alternate version of you that made different choices. Mm. From a storytelling perspective, from a thematic perspective, it works great. Mm. But if you're gonna get down from to the logical nuts and bolts perspective, of it, yeah. if you're gonna get down to the nuts and bolts of it, there probably wouldn't be a lot of doppelgangers mm. in in the Charlie yeah. Jade universe. And the Charlie Jade universe is really kind of trying to take this element of it as seriously as it can. Mm. Um, well, not really, because it doesn't deal with the science of this at all. They, wow. don't actually, they don't actually bring any sort of actual alternate reality science, which is a thing. You know, the, the whole quantum universe. No, it is. It is. No, I just, there's, I there's, just, there's, you know, I, in quantum mechanics. I just but, watched a movie the other day in which someone yeah. actually used the line of dialogue. You dig on multiverses? <laughs> the, the multiverses? Of the, it's yeah. uh, the people who are into it tend to be kind of fringy weirdos, but uh, it's a real, actually based in, in some new scientific fact. Sure. And uh, I wish the show had dealt with that a little bit more, like how how this actually functions. But at the same time, I don't, because otherwise it would just would have been bogged down with technobabble. Mm -hmm. And that's not what the show's going for. They're trying to do more noir investigation, the, action I, adventure what the show in needed, alternate universes. What the show needs is more action adventure, because the investigation just leads us down paths we already mm -hmm. knew. Mm -hmm. Now, there's more to it. Uh, we find out that Owen Boxer's dad can also travel between different dimensions, well, and, and and that doing and that traveling between different dimensions multiple times, whether it's because you have the power to do it or because you're using this device that they created, changes the the molecular structure of your body. Mm. And it seems as though, and they never quite spell it out, that Owen Boxer's father is dying from doing that too many times, and yeah. he needs like constant blood transfusions of people who have gone to different realities. Well, here, here's what I got from this that. Uh, o Owen Boxer's father, Mr. Boxer, was uh, using devices to travel back and forth, and that had somehow tainted his blood. And I think the tainting of fluids uh, is going on a lot, even though There's it's never... a lot never, of purity yeah, of essence the, going the, Yeah, on. and they talk about sort of polluted water and how water is being mm. affected in certain ways. And I think that's what's happening when they pour water over their heads. They're, they're pouring sort of this... They've gone through the the portals, mm -hmm. so their blood is now somehow magically tainted by having traveled. And when they pour mm. water over their heads, it's like the chemicals are interacting, and that's what's forcing them into the other dimensions. And that's the only way I can make sense of the series finale. You know what? Uh, I, I, I buy that. We'll talk about the finale and, and in a minute. In getting transfusions from his father, he he's not only giving blood to his father, he's kind of getting some as well. I've, I, I sense there was this sort of like back and forth going on in these transfusions. Yeah. So he inherited this power, which is how he's able to do it. So he's, he's getting this sort of tainted blood being put in his system also through inheritance, perhaps. Mm. And then that's the, the other thing. And the, and the end and one of the last shots of the show in the final episode is more blood transfusion. Mm. And the big thing which was also brings, a big, which also a big plot point in Alcatraz, I might add. Hey, hey, more, more uh, Charlie J connections. 
But uh, the, one of the big climactic moments to skip to the end because I'm not sure if we have much more to say about this. Uh, I have I have uh, a few things I want to say about the but, middle stuff, but we'll right. I want, the, the 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 finale of the series is worth discussing in some detail mm. just because a lot of shit happens. There's a lot of stuff D- in the does middle. It? It's, yes, it's okay. yes. All right. There's a lot of shit in the middle uh-huh. that can be glossed over because ultimately it leads to pretty straightforward. Mm. The series ends kind of in episode 19 where <laughs> Charlie Jade has come back to the Alphaverse. Uh, and he realizes that he doesn't feel home here anymore. This mm. place sucks. Yeah, His he, girlfriend has has moved on, uh, and he, they're going to rip open the multiverse and destroy the betaverse where all his friends are. Mm. And so he actually conspires with O1 Boxer to get O1 Boxer at the top of the company and become president of the company and cancel this whole plan. Mm. After Owen Boxer, by the way, has just murdered his own father mm. because his father just murdered <laughs> Owen Boxer's family in the Gammaverse with his bare hands. It was really fucked up. Um, but and then, then, and then the head of Vexcore also like gathers up like the wife's few belongings and also burns them in front of him while he's in prison. Oh no, that so. was his mom's few belongings. That was, that was mom's few. Yeah, okay. Because uh, that's that was there was this weird thing where every time he like helped his dad with like a blood transfusion, his dad would give him more of his mom's beloved possessions, mm. and he saw he was kind of a mama's boy. But whatever, who cares? Uh, and but at the end of the episode, it seems like okay, everything's kind of okay. Owen Boxer is an asshole, but mm. ultimately, you realize that even if he did kill some people, all of his actions were indeed trying to protect all of reality. <laughs> so he has a fucked up morality, but he is better than the alternative right now because the other people who ran well, back for were going to kill everyone. When you're when you're looking at a larger scale, human life kind of falls by the way. So there's there's bit. an argument yeah. to be made for that, and maybe he wasn't so much evil all, all along as he was looking mm-hmm. so much at the big picture that he was looking at it from a more godlike perspective, mm-hmm. and he can't be judged by the same morality. I wish that had been explored better because that would have made his character really interesting. Uh, yeah, sadly he's not. And, I, and the, the way they explore his evil is like the the tritest, most awful. Uh, they 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 try it's to Jared Leto and Suicide Squad. Jared Leto is doing no, it, O1 it's, Boxer it's, and Suicide it's Squad. It's more like Jim Carrey in the number 23. <laughs> it just we're going to show how evil he is by giving him like tattooed girlfriends and sex against chain link fences and mm. the, the show's view toward kink is a naive, b stupid looking. Mm-hmm. Uh it, there's a scene. There's the, the a scene in which Charlie use... Jade's like a girlfriend in the Alphaverse. Mm. She's all alone, and they have this really rigid caste system. And the only job she can get without Charlie there to take care of her is as a BDSM prostitute. Mm. And she just like there's a guy who's like chained up inside a glass cage, like inside of a chain link cage. And he just says some really shitty things about her social mm. class. So she beats him to death with a wrench. The, this, and it's just is... sort of just like I don't know if I would. Go to that club. <laughs> Sound like a very good club. Unless you're into that sort of thing. Being beaten to death? No. Yeah, maybe that's your fantasy. That's... I, I want you to chain me to this fence and beat me to death but, with a wrench. But then it's like the Daffy Duck cartoon. Yeah, it's great, but I can only, only do it do once. It once. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate. you got to prepare for it. got to take many years and work your way toward it. Just the, um, the, the, the visual shorthand to depict that someone is evil is just stupidly... Put oh, and this scene is going to dress like a geisha. Mm. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with any of that, Charlie J. So that's episode 19. Mm. And it seems like everything's kind of...
kind of got well, a happy and, ending and there was gonna... this terrorist thing and they caught well, somebody and there's public executions on TV yeah. and they revealed what the people were up what Vexcor was up to this whole yeah. time and then they tried to spin it no that's the way we were trying to make this announcement all along it's that's the and, unnecessarily confusing yeah, sort so, of just by the time we get to episode 19, there's a countdown clock uh, as to when uh, the Alphaverse is going to connect to the Gammaverse, mm-hmm. and nobody knows in the world knows that they're going to destroy the Betaverse in the process. So Charlie Jade and Owen Boxer conspire to get Owen Boxer in charge of Vexcore and put a stop to all of it. At the end of episode 19, it seems like it's going to be fine. At the beginning of episode 20, Owen Boxer's like... Fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, Not really well-motivated no, shift, but whatever. So, the, uh, the last episode is either the most eventful or the least eventful of the series. Uh, because everything is coming down, and people are sort of like... It gets lost in its own heady style. People begin flipping from universe to universe, either in visions, which had no. been established previously... Or yeah. or that he's actually flipping and meeting alternate versions of the characters, or no, they're coming with him. I, I, I think it's clearer than you're making it. I, I think, think uh, it's well. I think what it was going for was this one of those weird hallucinatory episodes, and most shows have one of these after a while mm-hmm. when they've run out of ideas. When people are constantly waking up within a dream, and mm-hmm. you're never really sure what it is, and after a while you realize we just have to wait to the end to figure out what reality is. And Uh, there's no stakes for anything. Remember that one fungus episode of the (laughs) X-Files where Mulder and Scully like got high on these spores and they started hallucinating. Every every show has a fungus episode. And and, and, and at the end of every scene, it's like, oh no. And it turns out there's this big reveal and then they melt. And it turns out that was a vision as well. And we learn at the very end that they were just in a pit with spores. I think we do learn at the end what was going on, but I think what was going on was not, not real. What happens is we find out in the last episode that the way that Owen Boxer and Charlie Jade move between realities is different than the way the big technology works. The technology mm. works by punching a hole through it yeah. and doing actual damage to like the, the, the walls between the realities, whereas Charlie Jade and Owen Boxer just more elegantly just step through. Mm. So the, the idea that they have in order to save the realities from being destroyed is they're going to put Charlie Jade inside this rift that has been created, and he's going to sort of close the door behind him. Mm. A heroic sacrifice. Now, hang on. just I see that face, and you're going to interrupt me, and you're going to make my explanation more confusing. Okay. So let me finish before you say anything. <laughs> so the episode intercuts between the planning for all of this and what's going on inside the rift after Charlie has already gone inside. So the first half of it's really confusing because it seems like we're cutting between this weird hallucinogenic shit where he goes from reality to reality and he's fighting a one boxer who also ends up inside the rift eventually as well. Mm. It, that's, it's, not, it's not always clear, but by the end of it, we realize that that's what we've been watching the whole time. We've been watching the climax of the episode play out simultaneously mm. with the rest of the episode. Maybe that's unnecessarily confusing, but okay. I think I think the idea is is fine. And in the end, of course, they do seal the rift. The, and and what they do is they end up creating like this sort of nexus where there's actually just doorways mm, to each reality. Just walk through. And that will change everything. And that does set up a season two in which you can simply just walk now, into the beta verse and the gamma verse and they, the alpha verse. They walk into these giant domes and there's three doors. Where does the third one go? 
Well, the third one. Okay, that one, I thought about that because they're in this, this giant dome thing, and there's uh, a there's a, and they're in the betaverse, and they're in this giant dome, and there's a huge door that obviously leads to the gammaverse because it's very colorful, mm-hmm. and a huge door that obviously leads to the alphaverse because it's very shitty, and then there's another door that is dark, and I think that one is just their universe. Mm. So there's just just the exit to the building. Yeah, I, no, I think I think if you were in that building in the gammaverse, that door would lead to the betaverse. And the door to the Gammaverse simply wouldn't have the lights well, on. Why do you need a third door? And they already had the door. They didn't think it out. <laughs> I don't just fucking the, know. What do you the, want from me? the two doors. I'm doing the best I can. It's, there's it's, one There's one other element we haven't really talked about in terms of the mythology. Mm. Well, actually, there's two other elements, but they're kind of connected. Uh, Charlie Jade, as we mentioned, had visions. But he had visions bef- of other realities before he got shunted into another reality. Mm. And we find out that Owen Boxer's dad had a big file on Charlie Jade, and he was keeping an eye on him. And no. I guarantee fucking to you in season two, he would have found out they're brothers. I bet you're right. Well, I guarantee uh, you. And which makes sense in the final shot. So it, yeah. while they're in this confusing, swirling, mi- climax miasma, mm-hmm. uh, now the way you lay it out, it kind of makes sense. Kind of maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. the way the episode tells it, it doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever. Cause I wasn't able to follow any of that because all, all of the hallucinatory stuff was not like, it didn't feel like a climax. It didn't feel like anything was really happening. It just felt like we were skipping back and forth between nonsense and sense. Mm -hmm. And also, which was also more nonsense. Well, it's all in the execution. You know, the idea might be solid. If it's not executed well, who cares? By the time we get to the climax of the episode where Owen Boxer and Shirley Jade are having this sort of mock court and there's another character in there that shouldn't necessarily be in there. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if she had been pulled into the rift or she was conceptual or what was going on. I think that was conceptual. Yeah, so everything's yeah. kind of conceptual and thoughts are creating reality, but they don't say any of this and they're not using it. However, they're, they're not distinguishing the styles between the non-climax and the climax parts of the no. story enough to really let us know what's going on. Everything in the show looks yeah. the same degree of intense mm. and, it, so, and it doesn't work. And so the, the, what happens is they mix their blood together and that's what causes everything to sort of level out uh, kind of the one other element that we haven't talked about and it's real simple because they never delve into it and i assume yeah. it'd be more important later is we found out that there are other realities besides yeah. those three and that there was also one reality that charlie got a glimpse of where everything's a lot more agrarian mm. and everyone's living in tents and like I, more I, of a feudal I think, system i think they even called that the deltaverse did they i think, I think there the was deltaverse? even an on-screen okay. caption but yeah but there's also another... there's a, a young girl who li- we didn't even talk about her yet no. uh, the young girl who lives out in the desert that charlie met when he first landed in the betaverse and it turns out she can see the people who are popping in and out of realities mm-hmm. And she becomes kind of his guru, which is yeah. kind of funny because he's like taking all this sage advice from like an eight year old. Well, she, and she's like twelve, but yeah. still, she's a little kid, yeah. and she's giving you know real like sort of mystical slash sci fi advice. And she's doing like that Star Trek thing where you're going to use a metaphor to a simple metaphor to explain a super complicated concept. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 you just sort of have to not stop yourself from going to another reality and you will. It's sort of like... You have to throw yourself at the ground and miss. That's how you fly. No, that's... First off, that's Hitchhiker's Guide. (laughs) uh, No, she uses two examples in the same example. She, like, Mm -hmm. stops in the middle of an example and gets bored. She's like, it's like sneezing. You can try not to sneeze or you can just let yourself sneeze. Mm -hmm. Or it's sort of like 
breathing. You know, you breathe without thinking about it all the time. But if you stop breathing, mm. you can stop breathing if you want to, and it sucks, right? <laughs> so don't do that. Just let yourself breathe, man. And Charlie Jade has the other good line of dialogue in the series. She says, you're just full of examples, aren't you? <laughs> well, my, my favorite is in the final episode where they they finally, like, track down this trio of scientists who are, like, trying to give us all the exposition. Mm. And they're th- they throw, like, three metaphors at us in a row. And at one point, and they're, like, skipping between different places. And, yeah. and like, they keep giving us metaphors as to how, what this all is. And we punch holes and we're ripping through. And we're, no, we're gliding through. And we're going to seal things shut. And, some, and I think somebody just puts their foot down and says, stop. That's a stupid metaphor. My metaphor is better than your <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> They're fighting over metaphors. Is how to, if you have to have the characters fight over the metaphors to explain the show to your audience, you're doing something very wrong. <laughs> the last thing in the show, uh. again, the rift has been not 100% sealed, but it's been stabilized. And you can mm. just travel between the dimensions. Uh, is we see that Charlie Jade and Owen Boxer are alive. And they're in what appears to be another reality mm. that is run by people we've seen a couple of times. The men in gray suits. The men in gray suits. They've shown up a couple of times. Mm. They haven't really done anything super important, but O1 Boxer talks about them like they're gods. And presumably we would have found out that they are from a more advanced reality mm. or that maybe they created mm-hmm. all of these other realities as some sort of experiment. But they're, they're the I ones who are clearly on top of all of this. This is, and they it, were it, clearly going to be important now, as if, the series went on. If the series had lasted 100 episodes, mm-hmm. uh, we would have learned a, that they were on top of things. And then of course we would have learned later on that for, there were even higher, further beings up, the latter who Perhaps, have done even, yeah. done even more and then Owen things. Boxer rules everything and ends up becoming God at the end yeah pretty and, and we all live in the, his because eye. the people yeah. who make the show fucking love Owen Boxer and I'm sorry he's a, <laughs> he's a fucking monster like if there was this moment when we found out he had those like kids or whatever and like mm-hmm. a wife where I was just like oh maybe we never knew Owen Boxer at all mm-hmm. maybe he's been the hero this whole time and everything he did can be explained away and they actually start going down that path in that one episode. There's like one episode. Just that one episode. There's one episode where he explains himself and he starts, everything he's did mm. makes sense. He's anti-Vex core and he's trying to save the realities. But then, and that would have been fine. That should have been pretty clever, actually. It'd be cool mm. to have like this villain who now is a hero who acts like a villain. Okay, I can see what you're doing with that. But then he also starts retelling scenes that we actually have seen and he's lying. Mm. And we know he's lying because we've seen that scene before. So you completely kind of ruined any reason to do this episode. Well, also... Because you can't trust a word he says. And that doesn't make him an exciting villain. It just means it's kind of a waste of a flashback episode. It's like in that... There's this... In the last season of Lost, mm. there's this <laughs> character played by Nestor Carbonell, his name I forget. And mm. he he was like hundreds of years old. He's been on the island for, for, for generations. Mm. And we're finally going to do a flashback episode that tells his story. And he spends 90% of the flashback chained to the inside of a boat. And we know, we don't see like any of those hundreds of years. It's just like this one small part. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. That was your excuse. He was there for everything. Every answer you could ever have wanted to give us. You could just see through that guy's eyes. It would be the best episode ever. And you blew it. And I kind of feel that way about the Owen Boxer episode. I, I, I feel like, oh, well, the, in I do like introdu- saying O one boxer. O one boxer. In in uh, <laughs> introducing that element of O one boxer, they're adding this element far too late in the game, and mm. the fact that he changes personality so dramatically from universe to universe without any sort of legit explanation yeah. makes him a much less interesting character because we're not sure how much choice he has in the matter. Yeah, uh, we're not sure how how much of this he's affecting, how much of he's a slave to it. He's essentially three different characters. Yeah. 
They they uh, really have their cake, yeah, yes, eat it one, too, and don't give us any cake. One kind of broad character, one really broad character, and one kind of interesting character. And yeah. together, that doesn't make an interesting character. Yeah, I agree. It's, mm. it's, it's very confusing. And, but, and you can tell the actors really are trying. The show is nominated for five Gemini Awards, which mm. is the Canadian Emmy Awards, uh, including, for Best Supporting Actor, that guy, uh-huh. uh, Michael Volibowicz. Best Supporting Actress, Patricia McKenzie, who played Rena, who was a, a very she good She was actor. good, yeah. She, um, best actor on the show. It was nominated for Best Visual Effects. Interesting. Uh, it, was, it won for Best Sound. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was also nominated for Best Editing. And I don't know, most editing, sure. Because <laughs> the if, show if, is If you're very, judging by, like, yeah, volume of editing. Then, the, yeah. the editing style on this program is very interesting. And I feel like in some respects they're trying to maybe use this rapid editing style. And sometimes they'd repeat lines of dialogue for no mm. good reason other than maybe dramatic emphasis. But it's the same exact line of dialogue we just saw from, from a different angle. Uh, or, I, or, or conversely, sometimes they would have somebody speak a line of dialogue, but they would mute the sound. Yeah. Like we just sort of see them t- like the scene would play out and we'd see them keep on talking and then mm-hmm. but well, the sound this, would have already. There's this whole out. bit where Charlie Jade on two separate occasions, mm-hmm. Charlie Jade tells a character everything that happened in the series. And frankly, considering how how sort of the series kind of gets distracted by the machinations of the plot, maybe it would have been a good idea to leave some of that in just to ground us and remind us where we are and exactly mm-hmm. what's going on and how much Charlie Jade knows right now. But instead, the sound drops out and we have a montage of mm-hmm. them just sort of looking at him kind of slack-jawed like, what? <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's a very dynamically edited series, but it, it's... It feels like they're hiding flaws rather than doing something super yeah, brilliant, yeah, which yeah. is kind of frustrating. You can get away with that for a bit, but if your entire here's, series is built on it, it gets a little old. Here's here's the thing that frustrated me: an editing trick that they used throughout the entire series, and like ten times, oh, tenfold over the climax, mm. was uh, the the image would freeze for like almost a full second before fading out. Yeah. And when the image would freeze, I would just assume that my TV had somehow screwed up. Like I <laughs> like thought it's, that it's the, buffering. Like, yeah, right like now, it was yeah. like because I'm getting it through Amazon Prime. I thought it was yeah, just frozen for a second. I was like, <laughs> and almost every time, I would reach for the remote control to see if I like if I could pause it and restart it somehow. And just as I touched the remote control, it would start again. I was like, oh. Uh, Terry Gilliam once talked about a gag they wanted to do in the original Monty Python television series <laughs> that the network wouldn't let them do. And I which, wish they had. Which, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. The, the gag that he, they wanted to do was throughout an episode of Monty Python, uh, they would very slowly, very gradually, so you didn't really notice, mm. sort of dial the volume on the show down. Uh-huh. Just a little bit. So that after like one sketch, you'd probably want to turn it up the volume a couple of clicks mm. then they do it again so you turn the volume a couple more clicks and you do it again and they turn it up a couple more clicks and then boom commercial <laughs> <laughs> and the network was like people will hate us forever for that you can't do that blow out every TV in England <laughs> That would have been awesome. I, I, and there was something Andy Kaufman also wanted to yeah. do. He thought that, uh, in fact, it's it's dramatized in Man on the Moon. How oh, yeah. He, how he wanted the t- his TV special to, like, fuzz out a little bit. Mm. He wanted to... Uh, people think their TV is broken. Uh, their TV yeah. is broken, and yeah. they'd get up and they'd hit their TVs. And that was just the joke. That <laughs> that's, that's all it was. 
the joke was on you, and uh, the only person who got it was Andy Kaufman. The, the problem with Andy Kaufman is that his humor was often brilliant, but only if you knew why he thought it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So if you're, you, it's, it's totally understandable to just be annoyed by that because mm. he never tilts, he never winks at you and says, <laughs> "We're we're having fun, folks. It's uh. okay." Uh, we have we're gonna t- read some letters, but we did have a letter from Chris Wong. Mm. About this particular show. Okay. Do you have why it, he chose at, it? At um, uh, I can get to it real fast. Yeah, I thought yeah. you might have it on your phone. Um, because you know, ultimately, uh, I think you and I are both in agreement that the show wasn't canceled too soon. That it had a good long season. It had some interesting ideas, uh-huh. but I, we're I, it's not for us. We're I'm, not really I'm good. It. I'm not going to yeah, uh, take any more. Of but this. Uh, Chris Wong, mm. obviously, he's a huge fan. Wanted us to review it. We review it. We did. Uh, and here's the email he sent to us 12 hours ago. Oh, okay. Thanks for doing Charlie Jade. I hope you enjoyed it, or at the very least found it interesting. Interesting, I think, is fair. Mm. Uh, Robert Wertheimer's goal was to make a show that did not look or feel like other contemporary shows, one that was as unique and groundbreaking as The Prisoner in its time. I think even now there's not many shows that matches its aesthetics. Despite loving the show overall, the first third of the series felt slow and directionless. The writers were replaced mid-season, and they wanted Charlie to stop being reactive and to be proactive about getting home. Mm. You can kind of pinpoint the exact moment when they felt they needed to have a soft reboot in Episode 9, when Charlie and Carl and Julius and Porter were all recapping the events of the series. Mm. Fair enough. So was this canceled too soon? Not to me. Ouroboros was a fine hour of disjointed television, that's the climax, Mm. uh, and it ended in the best possible manner that it could. It left the audience wanting for more. There's a season two Bible slash pitch slash outline that's available on the internet, and it feels like a huge mess. Sometimes mysteries are better left unsolved, like who the men in the gray suits were, or what's the deal with Malachi the terrorist, who seems to have an extremely complex plan for Rena, he's the guy who reprogrammed Rena, Uh, or what the deal was with the third faucet in O1 Boxer's club shower... Which, I'm going to be honest here, it never even occurred to me that that was a mystery. That, that was... Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, maybe. I guess maybe they were supposed to send oh, it to another reality or Ma- something. Maybe he could choose which reality, depending on which knob he turned. Maybe, I don't know. Different kinds of polluted water. And what is the deal with those blue stones? Also something that didn't really seem oh, that yeah. portentous to me. Anyway, I want to encourage everyone to consider supporting Cancel Too Soon via Patreon. Oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> if you find value in these shows, consider giving them some value in return. They put in a lot of work and a lot of hours of the show. It's only like 40 hours of television in the past month. If you enjoy the show and want to help them out, please consider. That's true. It is, it is, okay. a, it is a big time sink. So, you guys, you know how you come home from work and you can like binge watch whatever TV show you're getting through? You want to mm-hmm. watch Stranger Things and you can get through it in like two days, three days? Yeah. Okay, imagine doing that, but with nothing but shitty TV shows. Well, no. <laughs> That's not 100% true. Sometimes we have some fun ones. Sometimes we have some fun but ones. But when, when it is a shitty TV show, like, for example, My Mother the Car, which uh, after a while is kind of like pulling teeth, and you realize you have 30 episodes you have to watch this week. Uh, Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's fun. <laughs> Charlie Jade was one where, again, I feel like if I could have enjoyed Charlie Jade, like, one or two episodes at a time... Mm. I would have appreciated the show more, I think. I mm. think the show definitely would work better in like short bursts where maybe with like a long recap over what you missed last time. Mm. Because again, the style is so intense, but it's so intense that after a while it it gets monotonous and becomes kind mm. of a lullaby. And I I probably like because I watch these shows late at night, mm. you know, when like my wife is in bed. Yeah, and, me too. Because uh, she she doesn't have the time to to watch all the episodes I do. So for a show with as much plot as Charlie Jade, if she misses episodes seven and eight, 
there's no point in seeing nine and I don't have time to go back and watch them. So fine. So I'm watching them late at night. I, I felt myself nodding off a bit more at Charlie J than I did at almost any other show we've ever done. Mm. And that, and it's not even the worst show we've ever done by far, <laughs> but not even close. It's got ambition. It's... I like some of the cast. The idea has a lot of promise. But it's just, it's not meant to be binged. The, the, I don't think that's, it, it, it is at all. It has a, a lot of interesting ideas. I think it just doesn't really know what it needs to do. And it feels like after a while when it starts introducing more characters and more subplots that is just spinning its wheels and trying to turn something that could have been summed up very quickly mm. into a TV series. I think the way uh, Charlie Jade could have worked was as a feature film. I think if we had mm-hmm. or a miniseries at least, you no, know, like, just a feature okay. film. There's you can cut out all of dead, the dead weight. Mm-hmm. You can have a decent uh, sci-fi action adventure series with all of the important plot points mm-hmm. uh, laid out completely bare in under two hours. I feel like there's the version of this I would have liked to have seen. I think mm-hmm. is one that almost never cuts back to the Alphaverse, and it's just he starts off in this horrible dystopia, mm-hmm. and he ends up in our world. And our world has a lot of problems, and sometimes his the the absolute horrifying survival tactics he's learned mm-hmm. in his own reality are make him exactly the man we need for whatever job he needs to do right here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it makes him horrifically ill-suited to simple daily life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a story there where a guy who's been displaced, who's from a more hard-boiled universe, is now mm-hmm. in our universe... And so you could have played, and then maybe we could visit the Alphaverse eventually. So it's the last Gamma action hero. Okay, no, <laughs> I'm not thinking of last action yeah. hero per se. A little bit more quantum leapy. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. he has to go to a different reality every time, but he's here for a reason. He's mm. got stuff to do. It felt like it needed a little bit more narrative focus because they've got so many big ideas that I think they overwhelmed their capacity to explore them in a dramatically satisfying fashion. Mm. But I can see why people, especially people who maybe encountered the series when they were kind of young and hadn't, like, read a lot of Philip K. Dick or something, uh-huh. would, would really dig on this. And again, yeah, it's, it's, on, a, it's on Amazon Prime. If you have an Amazon Prime mm. subscription, it's free. Yeah. You can check it out now. I, I, people dig it. This, uh, uh, this was not the only request we had to do, Charlie Jade. Um, so what's what's the pilot? It's free if you have Amazon Prime. Okay, it's 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 worth checking out. But I think one season was good. I think I think I think <laughs> the, the, I, th- I I don't think I would have renewed it. It seems expensive and it's not doesn't have an emotional punch. Mm. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Everything you said. Do we have any other letters? We do. Okay, you can email this, us, uh-huh. uh, canceled too soon. Again, it's canceled with one L at gmail.com. Uh, a lot of people email us with suggestions. We don't read all of those on the air because, you know, the answer is usually, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you for letting us know about it, or we get tons of requests and we'll bump it up higher on the list and we'll mm-hmm. get to it sooner if we can. Uh, but some people remember watching these shows when they came out, they want to share their experiences. Mm-hmm. Some people have questions for us getting to know us better uh want to respond to an early review defend a show that maybe we ragged on just tell us yeah yeah so what do we got uh this one comes from clint uh hi bibs and whitney i've been a fan of yours for a while but only in the last couple of months have i had the chance to listen to the back catalog canceled too soon as i started doing a couch to 5k Oh yeah, you've been uh, yeah. You, you've been uh, updating us on Facebook. Uh, keep keep up with that. Good for you, man. Good That's fantastic. You. Yeah. You're, you're in better shape than we are. That's Much for better. sure. Uh, you've <laughs> been wonderful running companions, uh, uh-huh. regaling me with tales of man and machine. <laughs> And sexy Kari Tagawa lizards. Oh, Kari Tagawa. As, as I slowly <laughs> attempt to chip away at the metaphorical block of marble that is my out of shape self. Hopefully, the statue of David will appear, but I'll happy to settle on the Green Hornet era Seth Rogen. Nice. <laughs> He looks good in that movie. Yeah, bo- both of whom are strangely intense fetish objects. 
Yeah, very true. David and Seth Rogen. I know a lot uh, of people who were very disappointed when Seth Rogen lost that weight for Green Hornet. Oh, they, yeah. liked, they liked him as like a little teddy bear, you know? He, yeah, he, he, it was a good look for him. He carries it well. <laughs> anyway, I decided to hit up your wish list and sent one of my favorite Council Too Soon TV shows your way, the 1996 USA Network cartoon series Wing Commander Academy. We received it. it. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's here. <laughs> It was part of USA's Action Extreme Team block of cartoons in 1996, along with Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, Savage Dragon, oh, I want to do that Street one Fighter, and so on. Savage Dragon based on the Image comic book. Yep. Yeah, no, oh, dear. Uh, my connection to it, though, was my deep affinity for the acclaimed computer game series on which it was based, which was basically, what if Star Wars was Top Gun? <laughs> The third and fourth games in the series were famous for being one of the few examples of the full motion video trend in 90s video games that actually worked. When the cast has names like Mark Hamill, Tom Wilson, John Rhys Davies, and Malcolm McDowell, what could go wrong? Don't answer that. <laughs> also, we just don't talk about Freddie Pin. Also, we just don't talk about the Freddie Prince Jr. movie except on my own podcast. And he actually left a link. You know, I'm going to say it right now mm-hmm. the Wing Commander movie. Sucks. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, bad. It's no. It's it's not even in the. It, it's, it's not, not offensive. A, it's just forgettable. It's yeah. That's my thing, mm. which places it in the upper echelon of video game movies. <laughs> like, Fair it's actually, like you just watch it. It's you just know like, This isn't particularly good, but it's not terrible. Here's what I remember about the Wing Commander movie: it has a great opening score. It does actually. Yeah, it's, it's got really, really, good. really good music. Yeah, uh, Academy was a wonderful companion to the game series, bringing over Hammer, Wilson, and McDowell as the voices of younger versions of their game characters, and working surprising bits of character development and thematic nuance into what would otherwise be a stock kitty show about shooting at giant cats. <laughs> yes, the villains are a race of giant cat people called uh, the Kilrathi, if I recall. Mm. <laughs> that's a strange detail. Don't give Sergio any ideas. That's pushing useful information out of my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope to enjoy it. House of I hope you enjoy it half as much as I enjoyed the podcast. Take care, you two, and watch out for Danziger. <laughs> Danziger! <laughs> Danziger! You know, it's funny. Uh, he brought up the whole full motion video video game thing because that was another thing I kind of got out of Charlie Jade was it felt like I was watching someone else play a Sega CD game. <laughs> you know, like there's this yeah, guy. Yeah. It's, it's very moody. It's very yeah. atmospheric, but it's also kind of cheap. Uh-huh. Like it's it's expensive for what it is, but it's not like it's not expensive. Expensive. It's just mm-hmm. guys walking around, kind of messy buildings, and we're saying it's the mm-hmm. future. And it's like a couple of pieces of sci-fi tech, and they and put you're a just blue watch- filter on it, and yeah. that's that's the future. And you're just watching this yeah. handsome guy just sort of look around. Ah, oh, I found a bug that's actually a sci-fi bug that records video. Oh. This will be important later. I found this, Put that in my inventory. I found this little paperweight that has this little projection system in it. How did yeah. those play into the plot? Who knows? I don't really remember. I wish there were more of those games now. There was an odd aesthetic. It was kind yeah, of fun. Yeah. Uh, P.S. If you want to review Space Above and Beyond ah. and don't want to shell out the $90 to get it, it's I'd be really... happy to send you my own DVD set. You'll oh. love it. For some reason, they photoshopped the station from Babylon 5 in the background of the menu screens and hope no one would notice okay that's hilarious that is hilarious oh especially speaking of which uh mm-hmm. and if you look online at like the trailers for charlie j we mm-hmm. played one of them in the episode uh the font that they use for like the text like a man out of his you know, oh. in a new world is once again uh much like uh the space um mm. what was the space episode we did space hunters Space, Space Rangers? Space Rangers. Okay. <laughs> it's late. It's like 2 a.m. Cut yeah. me some slack. Uh, we noticed that they adapted the Batman Forever font. They used the Batman Forever font for the Charlie J trailers as well. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Just oh, one that's of those hilarious. go-to dynamic movie fonts. <laughs> um, anyway, we received Wing Commander. Mm. Uh, again, we have a large pile of stuff that we're mm. trying to get through. 
as fast as we can. We're doing one a week, and even then, it will still take us at least a year to get through all of our donations. <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. bear with us if you've sent us anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, a lot of these we responded to because a lot of them are just, uh, you know, here's some ideas for shows you should cover. Right. Um, what is our email address, William? While right. I look for a couple our email address, once again, it's canceled too soon mm-hmm. at gmail.com. It's canceled too soon, all one word, mm-hmm. with only one L. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at canceledcast. Uh, I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Uh, we're on Patreon.com mm-hmm. slash Canceled Too Soon. We're at Facebook.com slash Canceled Too Soon. I tend to run the Twitter account. Whitney tends to run the Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patreon account is, I do most of the posting, but we do all the content together. Yeah. Um, so we got another letter. Uh, here's like? another. Uh, yeah. Alex writes in. Hi, I just heard your Point Pleasant podcast. Oh. I remember liking that show when it first aired. I was a teenager, but I couldn't remember much until I heard your podcast. I had a good laugh at the guy on shorts and oil. <laughs> The guy in shorts and oily always. <laughs> oh, God, I need a T-shirt that says in shorts and oily always. Well, we do have a I had a good laugh at the guy in shorts and oily always because when I went to see uh, went to see Underworld the first time, Scott, the Scott Speedman's character gets wet at some stage and, uh, and looks so sexy. And I said, uh, and I said, Ronnie to my friend Ronnie as a joke that they should leave him like that all movie long and do so without any context. I, I, that's pretty much every Dwayne Johnson movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, some people just look better when they glisten. <laughs> and, it, and she also adds, I, I wish you could do the show Gross Point. Have a good day, Alex. Oh, okay. Is that only one season? We'll have to look into that. Um, the, something they noticed, apparently, while they were making the Lord of the Rings movies mm-hmm. is that Viggo Mortensen gets sexier the more dirt you put on him. <laughs> so you notice as the series uh, goes on, they'll take any excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's only like, from like halfway through Fellowship of the Ring mm. until the re- re- end of Return of the King, he's never taken a, a bath. Like yeah. he looks real gross, but he looks handsome. Uh, here's a short letter from Daniel. Uh, okay. He says, "Hey guys, I think uh, Wonder Woman was the best episode of the podcast before uh, ever. Oh, Keep thank up the you. good work." That's all he says. Yeah, that was oh, a really you. fun episode. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot of people enjoyed it. I mm. learned a lot. Uh, from Jenna Bush, who is just mm-hmm. one of our best guests we've ever had. And we've yeah. had some really good guests so far. Uh, somebody, uh, we, we've talked about this before, but somebody else wrote in and asked, oh, uh, does Kolchak the Night Stalker count? And we're still debating <sighs> I that. I think we're probably, I'm going to be I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I think we'll debate as time goes by, but something tells me we'll probably get to it eventually. Yeah. Again, we wanted to have a rule for the series. It had to be a cutoff somewhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, the show I loved lasted seven seasons. I still feel it was canceled too soon. It had a chance. <laughs> we figured one season or less was as straightforward as we could possibly make it. But even then, there's a couple of things where it's just like, eh, maybe. Well, like, what about even, all the TV movies? Yeah, like, 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 like. Perry Mason was a series. It lasted numerous seasons. Mm-hmm. Perry Mason. Great show, by the way. Watched it with my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they brought Raymond Burr back in the 80s and they did a bunch of follow-up TV movies. And it turns out that's similar to what happened with Kolchak the Night Stalker. It's mm-hmm. what happened with Alien Nation. Yep. These are series that only lasted one season, but they were coming back on a regular basis. So they kind of had extra chances. Mm. So Kolchak, the night stalker may not count, mm-hmm. but we're going to look into that. Yeah. Uh, there was a reboot, however, that is perfectly fair. Game. Absolutely. Uh, there's, which lasted a lot, lot less the original, yeah. uh, Kolchak. Um, there's other things like that. Like, uh, for example, we did Galactica, Battlestar Galactica. We also yeah. did the spinoff Galactica 1980. Cause we felt that the spinoff was sufficiently different mm. creatively protagonist, everything. It just feels like a different thing. Mm. Uh, but, uh, for example, 
there were, I think, a couple of different attempts to revive the Brady Bunch with the characters at different ages, mm. and they never lasted. Yeah. Like, they only ever lasted, like, a couple of seasons, but it's still the same characters. But, but, but the shows always... are called the Brady Bunch. Yeah, and like, the, the premises, Brady Wives, yeah, I think, the, was the, one of them. And... There was the, the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. You know, there, there's all these weird mutations of the Brady Bunch, and I think each one of those is also eligible. I think so those too. are their, their own sort of pocket entities. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, again, sometimes it's a little iffy, but mm. uh, we... The, our only rule was we'll never do Firefly, and if we get 250 subscribers on Patreon, we've said we'll do Firefly. We'll do Firefly. We'll do the Fine, fuck we'll out do of Firefly. Firefly. We'll do one episode per episode of Firefly, and 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 we're and we're gonna fall in love. It'll be the best thing ever. Are you happy now, brown coats? <laughs> Fine, you converted me. I was so wrong. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, one last letter here. It's a little brief one. Uh, mm. This one comes from Nick Abair. Uh, have y'all heard of the 1997 unaired pilot? cows i hadn't until about a year ago and you can bet your ass i found it and watched it It, (laughs) it's ellipsis weird and i kind of dug it every version i found is in the shittiest quality but the detail and slight horror of the cow costumes managed to break through i hope y'all can get around to it nick um cows was a surreal sitcom i'm reading the wikipedia page uh, produced by eddie izzard for channel four in 1997 oh my god all actors appeared in cow suits (laughs) After the pilot was produced, the show was canceled by Channel Four and never aired. Wow! Oh, we're oh we're gonna we're gonna find that was actually not on our list. We're reviewing the fuck out of that. That sounds cool. (laughs) Oh, nice. Thank you. Every once in a while, it just sort of just like I never knew there was an Apple Dumpling Gang TV series. Why? Mm -hmm. Why did no one ever tell me? Uh, So keep sending us suggestions. Our list is ridiculously long, Mm -hmm. but so is TV history. And as we've said many times before, the history of television is a history of failure. Mm -hmm. Most shows don't last. They they give them a shot and then they. Go nowhere. Mm. Much like, uh, you know what you do is like a joke episode for April Fool's Day sometime is uh-huh. review Fox Force 5. Duh. I'm not, <laughs> oh, sure, I'm not sure if I can because no, that's that's my boss's idea. Know, that, that's so, a yeah. good point. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> so never mind. Mm. Um, so that's it. That's it for Cancel Too Soon this week. Thank mm. everybody for listening. Again, we're on Patreon. If you want to subscribe, uh, we have bonus content, including the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie. Mm. Next up, we will be reviewing uh, the Dirty Dancing remake that just aired a couple months ago. Yep. Um, so that'll well, be a no, blast. No, a couple weeks ago. It was really yeah. recent. Depending on when you... Re- it was like three or four weeks ago. About a month ago. Mm. Um, so we, we got that coming up as mm. well. Uh, we got a whole lot of fun. Mm. And next time on Cancel Too Soon proper... We're going to be reviewing a show I've been wanting to get to for a while, and we had like you know we agreed to do two weeks of Battlestar, and we agreed mm. to do Charlie Jade, and now we're finally freeing ourselves up again to just go weird. Uh, <laughs> this is a show I wanted to do for a while, but now I feel like we really the time is nigh. We're going to mm. review the Last Precinct, uh, which is a very short-lived, very odd comedy series mm. from Stephen J. Cannell, starring Adam West as the captain of the wackiest police precinct ever. Including, uh, let me see, click here. Uh, there's a there's a cop who likes to dress up as Elvis, so they call him King. Uh, there is, uh, uh, it sounds like some of them are actually kind of awful. Like there's actually like a transsexual character, mm. and no one knows what to do with that. So we might have to have that conversation again. Thank you very much, <laughs> Bill and Ted. Um, it's an odd series from back, what I've seen. Back when trans people were crazy. Uh huh. 
Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Cra- history. Crazy and nutty. Thanks, all of history, for being shitty. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we might have to have a serious conversation about that. Mm. But it's a fascinatingly odd series. And, of course, Adam West was awesome, and he will be dearly missed. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity to talk about Adam West again, since we already did look well. Uh, so that's coming up next week. And um, am I forgetting anything? No, I think that's it. You, you, you gave all our info. Yeah, we we already uh, we already hoard ourselves to the Patreon gods. Thank you very much. Thank you very thank, much. Thank you to all of our subscribers. Uh-huh. If you're subscribing, you're really helping us out a lot. Like if, a lot. If you're listening to the show, you're awesome. If you're subscribing Definitely. to the show, you're good in bed too. Oh, absolutely. We'll give you free hugs. Uh, well, actually, no, you're paying for it. We'll give you expensive hugs. <laughs> uh, so, everybody, thank you very, very much for listening. And that is a wrap, folks. We will see you next season. <laughs>